0: First of all, thanks for letting me get the interview with you. You're welcome. Um, I was trying to do the interview before you was you let, you put out that you was running for mayor. 2020. Right. I was trying to do the I was trying to do the interview before, and honestly, I'm just be real straight up with you. I feel like when I wanted to do the interview before, it was from a personal level as all right, who is Stokey? and I feel like you went through a lot, and then you were you are very successful. Granted your history of where you came from, right? Right. Honestly, I feel like you putting it out there that you want to run for mayor made the interview so much more complicated, and it kind of scared me away from doing the interview. And I'm going to say that because it was a lot of questions that I wanted to ask that as you being a candidate for running for mayor, that might be, I don't want to say hard to answer, but might not come from a, a stance that I really wanted to know, but more as sort the people, and I didn't want it to, like, make it seem like I was being somebody that I wasn't, if that makes sense.
1: I mean, as long as you're genuine to me, regardless of the question, I'm going to give you a, a authentic answer. So I wouldn't shy away from what you think that people want to hear. Right. You know, if I was an athlete, you would probably still ask the same question. So me running for mayor, to me, shouldn't, you know, stop you from asking the question, you know, especially if it's something you think that's pertinent to my success or my failures. So I, I would ask, and then... I mean, it's up to me to be honest and transparent, and that's all I know how to be, so if I were you, I would ask. Right. Nah, I just I was just thinking like, man,
0: because Stokey's my dog, and it's like, I don't want to... You know, some interviewers, they come in, they, they got uh, a particular plan, they and they got an underlying tr-
1: plan that they're trying to get, right. and I'm not that person 100%. No, I mean, for me, I'm open book. I, I don't really think there's nothing that you can ask me that I'm not willing to answer. Right. Um, and then when you do decide or whoever decided to run for public office, you open for attack or scrutiny, whatever it may be. And based on what you just said, most of what you wanted to ask me or anything you want to ask me was prior to me even announcing my candidacy is still irrelevant because right. I'm still individual. I definitely
0: want to tap into that right, so you 100%. Go We're going to tap into that
1: first. So like, yeah, I guess cool.
0: we can even start at just for the people that don't know because I feel like Stokey, you can Google it and find out everything that happened, but I don't think they understand... The process of becoming Stokie, of who, who you are now, you in the community, um, just doing everything you're doing for Shoe city, and doing everything you're doing for yourself. Honestly, right. your, your relationships with Rock Nation, your relationships with Emory, I feel like we see that in as younger guys that that want to do work for the community, like I say, like me, my guy, Aunt, uh Raven. So many of us, right? We look at you as like, man, Stokie is doing what I want to do," and I think you running for mayor is so dope in that sense because it's like that gives us hope, like, oh, one day I'm going
1: to be I mean, <laughs> right. I mean that, honestly, that, that's the reason why. Like, you know, I never wanted to be a politician, you know, or even someone traditionally that's guided by rules and regulations. You know, I, I've been working for myself for the last 10 years, so mm-hmm. now to apply for a job to work for six hundred, seven thousand 7,000 people is going to be different. But I think, you know, I, I can do it, you know, without any problems. But for you to say that, you know, I'm someone that influenced you guys to do what I'm doing in the community or abroad, I think is, I mean, it's humbling because I don't really have any body, I think, that as of today in Baltimore, I can say, you know what, they doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and sometimes leading by example is hard because the yardstick, you know, that you measure yourself by can be critiqued by people who never really even walk in your footsteps. So, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, wow, they're saying this snap but they don't know how hard it is to do these mm-hmm. things. So, I definitely So, let's that. jump
0: into it, man. Let's let's jump in into who, who is Stokey? Who, who do you think? I don't you know. I mean, it in. depends
1: on where you want to start. I mean, born and raised in White Lock, better known as Residential Hill. Um, grew up in a single family household. You know, my mom was addicted to narcotics and all different type of drugs, and to her demise. You know, father never was in my life. Um, me and my sister, we early on as, as kids got very curious about street life, so I ventured off and started doing things at the age of ten by way of my biological father. Um, always loved education. You know, I went to school. Um, end up one of those kids that wasn't necessarily obedient to all the rules and regulations, so I always found myself in trouble. Mm -hmm. But um, I was the kid that everybody liked, so I was able to hang out with older guys in the community and do things that I wasn't supposed to be doing at 10 years old. I mean, so now I'm a father, you know, I'm a friend. Um, I got my own company. I do contracts with companies like, you know, Shoe City, you know, Partnership with Rock Nation. They're like, it's broad because I can go from know, my demise when I went to prison and came home and, and went through a lengthy transition or before I went to prison, when I was always giving back to my community, I just was a person who felt the need to do so because my community always supported me. So today I sit here, you know, um, hopeful that I can, you know, reciprocate what was given to me to people like yourself or even members of the community so hopefully we can continue going forward in the positive direction. Right. So when you
0: say you're starting to get into to trouble or things that... You want to shut them in at 10, 10 years old. Can we get into that? Can we? Oh,
1: no. I mean, I did what I saw like back in the day when, you know, money was kind of scarce and hard to come by. You know, guys did what they saw other guys doing. And at that time, it was selling marijuana or other drugs. And it was easy accessible in the community where I came from. So they would use younger guys, well, they call them proteges, who pretty much was, I guess, strong enough to deal with what came with their lifestyle. And I just became good at it, and I was telling somebody today. Sometimes that could be a major default because, you know, had I not became successful at it, then I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. If I'd have used drugs instead of selling drugs, then maybe I would have been a failure. But I didn't, and I saw what happened to my mom and my uncles and other friends who used drugs and alcohol. So I just tried to do my best to perfect hustling to a point where it all became so successful that they wanted me off the street, you know. And so I end up selling drugs like. 10, 15 years, and in 1997, 1998, um, federal government um, conspiracy charge against me and my co-defendants, and I went away for 12 years. And I came back home, um, resilient, determined, you know, do right by my family. Like, you know, I I tell people all the time, prison did nothing to me or for me. Um, Being away from my kids did everything. Like, so when I realized that I was punishing them based on my selfishness, I wanted to change my thinking, which I knew was going to alter my behavior and I was going to come on a better man. Because the things I'm doing now was always in me, it just took certain situations to bring it out. So I went through that situation like a man, came home like a man, um, and right and try, you know, about everything that occurred, but now I want to prevent other kids or young men from doing what I did. Because sometimes your conditions can cause you to make decisions that could cost you your life, your freedom, or your health. And it's so prevalent now and that's what I see, you know, especially the crisis we involved in now, like kids are doing things because they see it and it's available. So hopefully we can try to change that narrative or that paradigm and give kids hope, you know, that's hopeless and find ways to engage them to positive activities so they can be successful.
0: So I definitely just want to say excuse the selfishness as an interviewer because I, I'm, a lot of my questions are actually personally for me. Right. Aside from the whole marriage history we will get into, but like a lot of the things, because I look at you as a mentor figure, and you don't get to sit down with somebody that went to jail for twelve years,
1: every day. <laughs> and you're saying
0: like, there's a lot of guys out there I, you can talk to. But I mean, but that's doing the things that you're doing. Honestly, right. I feel like it's it's guys out there. Don't get me wrong. Right. But honestly, where we from? Uh, a lot of people talk that talk, but when they get when it's time to go to jail, they ain't really walking. Like they really they, they snitching. And yeah. I'm I'm just. I can say are like you being honest He's i mean being we we
1: we have as a culture found ways to really eliminate the trust factor and men to me is a different from a male god make you a male you make yourself a man um when i knew that i was facing a life sentence and they was offering me 14 or 15 years as a consolation to take the life sentence I thought about my sons. Like I can't teach my sons how to be men if I'm not be one. So it wasn't out my mind that I was gonna go to jail. I just didn't want to go jail for life. So I pled guilty to 15 years, and did 12 years. But when I look back on it, I didn't know how I was going to start it. Like in, in, when you go to prison, I tell people all the time, as, as a man, you can't cry. You can't be in the cell with another man and you crying about the things that's going on going on at home or some dysfunctions in your life. You got to deal with it and you got to suck it up. And that's where I think a lot of hurt people are hurting people because we never had opportunity. Well, some people have an opportunity to grieve even in prison. If you get a phone call that someone passed away or got killed, you can't go in the TV room and start crying because everybody got problems, you know. And the camaraderie in prison is so difficult because you can be from the same part of town, you know, and you'll hang with somebody from another part of town, but when the tragedy hit home, everybody stick together, you know, it's kind of weird. but and that's what I understand about Baltimore today. You can be from East Baltimore, South Baltimore, Park Heights, but if you're in jail, y'all stick together. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you come home, it's like a big division, you know. And no one wants to really claim what they so territorial, you know. So it, it was kind of strange for me because I went in at, in my twenties and I came home when I was forty. But um, I, I think at some point, I give me going away credit for saving my life because the only thing is I was doing at that pace normally people try to rob you or kill you because of your success so i believe everything happened for a reason but i mean I, i'm here in the flesh i'm blessed i don't have any complaints everything happened for a reason i was able to come home and build a better poor relationship with my children and that's all that mattered to me It wasn't about coming home trying to chase time or be vindictive and angry and upset and bitter i ain't had time for that i feel like the hardest thing to
0: to be um one of the hardest things of being a mentor is trying to get people to listen And I feel like sometimes it looks like a contradiction because when you're telling somebody the route that they shouldn't go because it's not the right way, they look at you like, well, you did it. And that right there is that's like a uh, looking yourself in the mirror because it's like if you did it and you're saying that this positive came from it, why
1: shouldn't they do it? Well, again, you know, you got to look at the, the, the whole entire scope. First of all, it was it was wrong what I did. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it wasn't legal. It was something I did that was illegal and I made it look good and all those success successful people who or quote unquote think they successful cause they obtain wealth through it, I mean you still are demonizing other individuals. You know, you're still affecting your community whereas though you're facing hardship on other people's families, you know, like somebody always say, Yo, Stoke, you can't carry that that grudge on yourself. Somebody else would have did it to him. Yeah, but I don't want to do did it. So now there's kids out here, like you said, who wanted to sell drugs? Cause they seen me sell drugs, and some of them lost their life, their freedom, and their health. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can seek atonement and and pray about forgiveness and things that nature. But I still got to be at peace with myself. Right. So, not to contradict what you're saying, to me, that's the sound of a hypocrite. Just because you do it, don't make it right. Mm-hmm. So, I'm saying, as like, so, a father, you tell your son, okay, yeah, I hit this woman down. Mean you, your son okay for your son to do it? Right. Because you got to learn from your mistakes. And my mistakes to you are free. Yours gonna cost you. So. I, just, I disagree with that premise in terms of... No, I'm saying...
0: So, what I'm saying is some people that, that's doing it, of course, you're trying to teach them not to do it, but
1: a lot of people don't listen. So, if they, they they turn around and say, well, you did it. I didn't listen. I mean, I didn't listen to a lot of guys that were telling me not to do it. I mean, again... you know. So, how do we change that, though? Well, because, because they... It's about relationships, trust, and respect. At the end of the day, you know, um, most young men know right from wrong, you know, and it's just a matter of, of time. And again, when you speak about giving them... Information and they're not listening, then sometimes you got to knock a little harder because I think what, what, most kids want to know that somebody care about them. You know, if they know you care about them, you sincere, they'll listen. It happened time and time again. Or sometimes they might have to go through it. You know, my own biological son, you know, he's going through what I went through and I, I did everything in my power financially, inspirationally, motivationally to cure or kill the generational curse. But living in Baltimore, he made a poor decision. Same decision that uh, another athlete might make, protect itself. But in Baltimore, it's a different set of circumstances. So, um, and it, it, that still bothers me to this day that, you know, I couldn't give him enough information to make better decisions at that time, not in his life. Because sometimes you got 10 seconds to make a decision. And sometimes with me, I always say, well, what would this person do? What would that person do? Sometimes it's, it's not the best of the situation. I mean, you know, I always say the difference between me, Oprah, you know, Jay-Z or Byron Scott was a different 10-second decision. They did something different. I went left, they went right. And they kept on going left. I went right, right, left, and ended up getting lost. So, it depends on where you are in your life and the information that someone gives you. If you trust that information and you apply it to your life, there's a good chance you're going to get what they got. Right. Because it's just, to me,
0: is irritating because, like like you said, if, if you can help somebody not have to go through what you have to go through, like, that's one of the greatest feelings in the world but it seems like that's one of the hardest things because people just don't listen what you want to tell somebody that, that's trying to free their family you can't tell
1: somebody that's harmed you can't tell them nothing I, think, you know what I saying? think listening and applying information is different Okay. so what you're saying is that there's no doubt in my mind they listen but you made that a good point sometimes people are not in a situation to stop immediately what they're doing to follow your lead mm. and I respect that as well It's a lot of friends I got that's still stuck, and they were like more than anything, to just stop what they're doing to get, you know, in the car with me and ride around and have fun. But they got a lot of respect for me. You know that I'm not going to condemn them because of what they're doing, but I can't condone what they're doing to You You know what I'm saying? So they respect me enough to stay away. But I think most people who are hopeless don't really see a reason to stop. You know, they don't see okay, well, what's going to happen if I stop? Am not going to get a job? You know, no one's going to give me any money. No one's going to take and my that's family. That's what I was trying to get to. How do we get? Yeah. it? because you got to you got to create situations, opportunity, and get these people real resources. And once you evaluate the individual, because everybody can't be a league driver, right? Everybody can't be an NFL player. So you got to help them where they are. You know, I mean, you talk about kids from 18 to 25. They are at risk right now in Baltimore based on this crisis. So my thing is you find out what they're good at, and then you apply all the resources you can, and you invite those guys to come out to whether it be seminars or it could be training exercises going on in the community and give them some type of opportunity to be a part of it. And hopefully... That would be enough to get them started. And then you bring in more resources on top of resources, you know, and they get employment. Or someone might have a mental illness or they might have some other defect, but you help them where they are. And once they believe in you and trust you, they're going to follow you until the end, wherever that may be. I mean, it's guys who I have got employment who never thought they would work in their life. And they realize, yo, I didn't have to go to jail to get a job. Something scared me. Or the big homie said this and said that, you know. And it depends on the leader, right? You know. Everybody can't be a leader. It's guys I see now who want to be a leader, but you know, leaders are born. You can't make a person be a leader. You can put him in a leadership position, but that don't mean he's going to lead effectively. And you can tell by the people that follow him. You know, you know, you look at football as an example. You can have a good quarterback and you have a great quarterback, right? But that don't mean they're going to be leaders. You got somebody that can lead the team to victory even when things don't look like it's going that way because the team will follow him. You know, even at his on his bad day or worst day. You know, so. I think for me it's never been difficult because my experience beats people's opinion. Mm. And like they know I went through it. Sometimes people just talk about what they're gonna do and they don't have the experience to match it. And I think you see that every day. That's real prevalent with a lot of guys who's giving people advice. Some of them haven't really had the experience to tell somebody what not to do. Like people don't understand this about me. I don't drink, never drink, never use drugs. So I can't tell somebody how it feels to be high. But I can tell you what it did to my mother, my uncle, my cousin, and my sister and that's first-hand, ex- it's not first-hand experience from a personal perspective, but I witnessed it so long, you I think it. I can give you advice. Yeah. Exactly. No, I understand exactly. My um, mom did the same
0: thing. Um, speaking of leader, I feel like that's a perfect segue into when I first noticed who Stokey was, it was during the um, whole Freddie Gray situation and right. the Rising. uh You were actually being stepping into that leadership position when um, I think the first time I ever saw you was on Cloverdale, the right. basketball right. court. Right. and. Um, you like I don't know how
1: you did it, but you somehow you got everybody to come to Cloverdale to meet up. Right. No, it was kind of crazy because um <clears throat> that that day in particular, everybody was told that it was going to be some type of demonstration at the Freddie Gray's funeral, but for everybody to stand down with protesting and, and being um, confrontational with the police until after the funeral, respect the family. So um, I was at the funeral outside and go in, um, but I remember leaving the funeral and going down to the Horseshoe Casino. And if you've ever been there before, they got TVs you know, in the center of the casino where you can watch them, you just can't hear. And I was down there, I think I was playing Blackjack or something, and my, and my friend Emory, he called me, like, yo, what's going on in Baltimore? I'm like, nothing, nah, cool. He's like, "No, nah, where you at? i like, I'm in Baltimore," <laughs> but I ain't wanna tell him I was at this Horseshoe. Anything yeah, cool? <laughs> but I'm inside, I ain't wanna tell him I was at the Horseshoe. He's like, "No, nah, man, they, they going crazy. I said, it nah, ain't good. But I remember hearing police going up Russell Street like the whole train, of police. Like, I mean, I look outside, I can see anne County police. Boy, I'm like, where are these police going at? And I look at the screen, I just split the screen on scene, and I got Mondawmin on the left and they got Pittsburgh Avenue, um, CVS on the right. And I see CVS on fire and I see uh, people running out, Mondawmin like, what the hell? And so I got on the phone, I'm like, yo, I see what's going on. So I had got dropped off, I wasn't driving. At that time I was living downtown. When I got to my house, I seen kids with book bags and rocks throwing at the police with shields. So I'm like, man, Amy's like we gotta do something. We gotta do something. I said, dude, what? I'm not jumping in front of no kid with no no damn rock. Man, <laughs> on that. that. I said different type of protest. You gotta me. do something, <laughs> man. I'm like no, I said, so I called Meek Mills and I said, man, I need you to post this flyer. You know, because at that time Meek had I think four million followers at the time, and I said, Em, we're gonna um, tell people come out. And we're going to use Facebook and social, I mean, Instagram, you know, our social network platforms to get people to come out. We're going to have a conversation about what we need to do to stop this or get everybody engaged so we can have um, a reason to, you know, well, we know we know what the reason is, but do it in the right respectful way, demonstrate in a way where we don't have to feel like, you know, we we causing more problems, you know. Mm. And we got together and we met and we talked about it and we let the kids speak about how frustrated they was about what was going on. Because I never felt like those kids should have been the ones who represented us in a way where though it was a, a very grave injustice or social injustice. I thought Cornell should have had that conversation a long time ago, but it didn't. So I'm glad it did happen the way it did. And then with a few other people, the Iron Mavens of the world, um, I mean, Erica, you know, it's a few of the people I knew who was on the ground mm-hmm. who was about action, wasn't talking, wasn't afraid about losing a job or any type of resource or grant that may have come way in by the city or any type of government officials. And we decided to organize a march East Baltimore and West Baltimore and go down City Hall and use that platform to address our concerns, you know. And um, to this day, I feel like that that's probably something I'll never forget, but I, I don't think it went as far as it should have went. I think that was a moment in time. It should have been a movement, you know, but I think it became a moment that turned into silence, you know. And that's why I still to this day, I do my best in my individual, and in my official capacity to try to protect and serve those who are who don't have a voice or a platform, and make sure they get what they got coming. So I ain't even gonna lie, like just being
0: honest, and we I mean we can be right. honest with each other. Like before I actually met you, you know what I'm saying? Like when I seen it, I thought it was just being honest. I'm like, I thought it was like a popularity stunt. I'm like, man, he got he got all this this clout. So it's just like because it's the right thing to do, because it was other people that was on the ground as well, and that has been on the ground, and I didn't see like nobody was praising, and I'm like, that's not fair, because I've been seeing these people. Right put in work, but nobody's praising these people. You get what I'm saying? I feel like at first, but then when I met you, I think I met you like a couple years after, maybe a year after, and I saw you was actually, I remember telling somebody like, this thing, the thing about Stokey is, all you do is just put work into the community. All you do is, I want this community, want to give homeless people right. shoes, want, want to do things with kids. It's like, it's like, she's like, what else do we do? So, but I definitely, I just definitely want to say that because I'm a man, I, I can I no, can say no,
1: man, you know what, my faults no, or whatever. No, it's, it's not even, you don't to apologize for that. It's, it's a lot of people in Baltimore who don't have premium or platinum platforms to give their heart and soul to the city that don't get recognized. And man, I can honestly tell you, the city has never gave me a trash bag a citation or anything otherwise for what I do. And I don't do it for that, you know. Um, a lady sent me a post today that she said you should never do nothing from recognition. You should always do it for your for the intentions, mm-hmm. right? And I was my rebuttal to her was well sometimes you gotta do it so other people can do it too. Because if you say, Well why are they posting they giving stuff away, yeah because you want everybody to know it's a problem. Facts. Because they you don't show they will never know. And then they go so I ain't know, well now you do know. Right. And not to do it to be braggadocious, you know, and things like that because like if, if, you know, you do research, you know, Baltimore is small. You don't have to look far or along to find out where a person comes from and what their morals and principles are because the person is going to tell you. Whether they, they was a chump in high school, whether they snatched pocketbooks, or they did anything like that, they go, the past is going to tell the future or the present what that person is about. And I never ran from anything that I thought I loved or wanted to do. And give back was always something I was passionate about. I tell people all the time, and you ho- hopefully you realize this one day in your life, you know what? you have to know the difference between your passion and your purpose. Mm. You know my passion can be playing basketball, helping music uh, musicians out, but my purpose always been give back and, and serve it. because that makes me feel good inside. I can't explain that feeling. Like no matter where I go in the world, I always find a way to, to think about coming back home and do bigger, better things. You know. And so okay, so, but these it's a lot of other guys I want to praise that don't give a platform. That's why I said. We had to find a, um, a common ground for all those stakeholders that's doing the same things in these communities to find a way to get together so it can be a team effort and not mm-hmm. just so they can get recognized so we can accomplish the same goals.
0: So why don't you? So when did you? My question is: When do you think you? Um, since we, we got past the, the who is Stokey and just how like I saw you, right. and I guess how you got popular. I guess we can say that. Cause I, I feel have, like you. I that you. Honestly, I feel like that was really a time where Stoke I'ma ask you, do you think that was a time where it, you went from, all right, I'm Stokey, just got out of prison, to
1: Stokey this public figure? No, because see you you young. You don't you, you probably don't know about when they had me on America Most Wanted for doing certain things. I heard about, about that. Me. I heard you, about You probably that. don't yeah. know when we were riding the first guys in West to ride dirt bikes and things like that. So I mean, not necessarily a popularity contest, but I always had a reputation for beating the odds, so to speak, you know, or the first person to do this or right. second person to do that. And whether it was good, or bad, or indifference, we always, in my neighborhood, try to stay relevant by by force, you know, and not necessarily choosing to, to find a camp, but it just happened organically. You know, whether it be a, a, a girlfriend that was famous or hanging with the big homies that was famous and, you know, things like that. So i always been blessed with healthy relationships. So. I don't think the riot, the riot may have awakened younger generation to, you know, who I was, but you got people like Erica, who knew me pretty much my whole life. Right. And it maybe because we were on the same age, so I think, to your point about um, changing my status quo, I think that's an understatement, because I've been, if, honestly, if it's not for who I was, I couldn't have galvanized those people. Mm. So some you have to have some type of credibility, right. say so come out, and they gonna listen, you know, right. so just before the riot, you know, or after the right hat, but still have to get in a position to, for somebody to trust you, you want to follow you. I mean, you know, in, in a, a former Martin Luther King type <laughs> artist, you know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't nothing right, anybody yeah. can do. So, I mean, I'm blessed with my relationships. But, no, I think for the younger generation, like, it's guys who didn't know me before because they met my son. Like, no, I'm his father. He's my son. I came first. You right. know what I'm saying? So, like, a lot of people don't understand, you know, like, I've been doing things like this for a long, long time it just so happened now social network is able to record okay you know and put these things in a different light that makes sense so now we here when, when did you
0: choose or when did you decide you wanted to run for mayor?
1: um I don't I don't I don't think I, I still haven't chosen to run I just filed and the reason why I say run because no, I had a conversation with my son and I was telling everybody i probably going to be redundant at that few interviews, but I was in court with a friend and I went to go visit my son who was six years old at school and he was in time out and it was dark outside. I mean, it was dark inside in his classroom and he looked up, like, you know, kind of afraid because he wasn't expecting me to come check 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 him out in school. And I asked him what he you do to be in time out and he told me he did something you he wasn't supposed to be doing. I'm like, Well, if you continue to do that, you can't go to L.A. with me because at that time I was one foot in the door to move to L.A. He's like, well, I can't go anywhere. My mommy said I can't go. He said, but Dad, why you want to go to L.A.? Why you don't like Baltimore? I'm like, I said, Baltimore, it's just and things change. You know, I think it's probably best for me to go, you know, do something different. He's like, no, nah, you can tell me the truth. You don't like Baltimore, right? I said, what you mean, right? He said, you don't like Baltimore because they got a lot of murders. And he's six years old. And like, I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Because I tell people all the time, I protect my son, like, he, you know, he, we talked about Tom Brady. You know, Stephen Curry, I mean Kevin Durant, you know, we, we into things of that nature, musicians, you know, stuff like that, and with technology, he's able to surf the web to find out certain things about people that he know we speak about, but not about violence, you know. So I mean, I felt like I failed him, so I got in the car and started crying, like, yo, we gotta get out of here, so I called my sister and told her to pack her stuff up, we moving, like, yo, y'all wanna go Atlanta, LA, Charlotte, I got y'all, let's, let's pack up, we gone. And she thought something had happened. Like she thought maybe something happened to one of my children or me because I was crying. It's like, Yo, what's wrong, Black? What's wrong? Like nothing, just pack your stuff. We got to get out of here. So once I calmed down and told her what happened, she said, i started start looking. So I went home and laid down just to think about the decision I was about to make and evaluate things, you know, how it would affect me financially, you know, my, my family and job separation and things like that. And I was just sharing with Erica and Tiff, you know, and Ma, a video came on my phone from YouTube. Say you the one. And I normally don't open videos for YouTube because it really be about people or things I don't really follow. But I opened it up, and it was a motivational speech from different people. And it awakened something in me. So once I listened to the speech, I called, no, I emailed Jay-Z, and I emailed another guy by Jay Brown, like, what do y'all think about me leaving Baltimore, no, not coming to L.A., staying in Baltimore, trying to rebuild the city. And, you know, because we had just, they had just told me, come out here, just, you know, we got you, just get out here, you know, everything good. And they thought something happened to me and why I wanted to change my decision, so I talked to Emory about it. And I emailed all three of them the same message, I just changed the name. You know, I had the same speech, just changed the name, you know, and they came back with different reasons. And Enry's rationale was, you know, I want you out of Baltimore because, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on right now and you need to be in L.A. with all this business and that, but to me, you always been the mayor of Baltimore. So if I was you, you can always go to LA, stay, get it right, and whatever we can do to help you, fine. So at that time, I still didn't think about being the mayor. And then I was talking to Jay Brown. He's like, man, you know, whatever the decisions you make, we behind you, you know, 100%. You know. And then Jaden was like, man, you can even leave Baltimore and have regrets, or you can leave Baltimore and be proud. So he said, leave or lead," And I just said, well, you know what? It makes sense to me to leave, because my family and my friends said, and I mean, I wasn't worrying about anything negative. I still don't, like, people wonder why I walk around, how I feel, Guys, me dead, you nervous? I'm nervous about what? Like, honestly, there's nothing that politicians or politicians can say or do to me that my mother over the streets ain't prepared me for. And I, mean, I know it's a job that come with harsh consequences and a lot of scrutiny and things like that, but if that's the worst that can happen to me, you know because it's not gonna bring the 1,730 some people back to die they're gonna change that but if, if that's all i gotta go through and you got mothers out here who lost their kids you know fathers who lost their sons then i'll take that so to me it's worth the sacrifice and somebody gotta do it and to your point earlier to me is a win because i'm not a hypocrite if guys like you or young kids see somebody that's standing up fighting for what's right and trying to change the condition of their life and doing doing it because they love what they doing, I'm not doing it for money. I'll do it for free, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm guided by a, a bigger purpose. So I always say the people who are for me and God got my back, it don't matter what happened. And I stand on that. So I filed to run. And right now, I got the best team in the world, you know. And like I tell people all the time, when you find people that believe in you, they might not understand your vision. As long as they trust it, you're in a good situation. I think,
0: honestly, I think this interview is, is dope. Just for a, 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 a listening and watching, because to me, I can say I feel like it's genuine and like it's, you're not like trying to scare away from any uh, questions right. or anything. I think it's dope. Um, I think other people going to think it's dope, and I, uh, so I was Mr. Copman or whatever. And it's not the mayor of Baltimore <laughs> by a long shot, but right. when I when I was thinking about your situation, I, I had to put myself in the in the same shoes because I was popular. I was coming from Morgan, which is like a rival school, and a lot of the uh, the scrutiny that I was getting running for Mr. Coppin was because I was popular and he felt like it was going to make me more popular. And I hear people saying that about you in this situation, about like is it's just a popularity contest or he's trying to – um, he know he's going to get a lot of uh, publicity from it or even money, even if you don't win. What do you say about that, though? What do you say to that point? Because I feel like I've – like I said, no, no, running for Mr. Coppin is far a stretch from mayor, but I've got that. And, and your position, I, I think, is similar
1: and I want to know, what do you say to that? Ho- hopefully through campaigning, right, And I'm always going to be organic and real as possible because I think to me anything less, you know, would be a subtraction from who I am as an individual. Money don't make me happy and anybody who knows me knows that, but it, I always take in consideration that it's 637,000 people in Baltimore, all of them don't know me. And when you represent people, you know of that large, you know, magnitude, you it's your duty to get in front of them as best you can to tell your story. Um, popularity, I wouldn't even put my my son through this for a job. I don't need the money. I do very well for myself. I know that the sacrifice I'm making is gonna cost me millions of dollars. I, I know that without a shadow of a doubt, if we talk about money. Um, you know some of the artists I manage. You know how well they're doing. And you can't work for those people and be mad at the same time. <laughs> right. So I have talked about this with my family and my friends and my business partners, and they support the decision, even though I know personally you know, it's not going to be the same for me in terms of receiving revenue beyond someone's comprehension. But what I would tell you in defense of me is that Whenever someone has something to say, you you must ask them, do they know me, right? And if they not, they need to get to know who I am because I think you had the privilege of being in my in my presence enough to know that, you know, money is probably the least of my worries and the, the least things in life that will motivate me to do anything, you know. And when it comes to publicity, like you know, I I do my best to always be authentic and organic. I, I don't know what being a man can do for me in terms of publicity, because on the other side of the corner, if I fail, you know, then what, you know what I'm saying? So I'm optimistic, I stay that way, but I don't know you know, how to be anybody but myself. Mm-hmm. And I hopefully I get the opportunity to prove all those naysayers wrong, and be probably the best man that Baltimore ever had, because I can relate to majority of people on both sides of the fence, you know, whether it be in the community or in business and I think we need to change and if those individuals are concerned about me and not concerned about what we have then my question to you would be to them what do you all want because at the end of the day if we're looking at what we have now which I think we got two hundred something twenty something homicides again we are going in the direction of another 300 homicide a year Um, and most of those individuals who have lost their life I'm not saying I'm a demigod or I could have saved them but I know for a fact that most of those individuals, if I could have had a conversation with them and understood what they was going through, put them on the right path. Maybe not to succeed overnight, but in that right direction, you know, because most of those kids look like my son, you know. And if I can find a way to reach them where they at, because most of their experiences, I, I have experienced already. Most of the things they're going through, I already experienced, so. And I don't worry about that, so I can't, I know i give you a long answer, but I don't even no, try to address um, Negativity or pessimistic. And one thing you need to know about me is that moving forward, there's no such thing as oppositional research for me to talk bad about another candidate. Like, this is for Baltimore. This is to build Baltimore up, not to tear nobody down. And our people have always found a way to do that to each other. And I mean, I maybe was guilty of that at one point in time or another in my life, but not now. I and mean, I'm trying to stay as positive as possible and give everybody hope and inspire people to be the best they can be and believe in the mantra of one Baltimore instead of what we see today. So I'm encouraged to do that by my team. Um, people like yourself who I know who deserve a better Baltimore, you know, and hopefully it come to fruition. Nah, again, man,
0: like I said, I, I definitely think it's dope, and I think it's motivation to the people like myself, like the cool ants, like uh, the qualmies, like the so many of us that's young that's doing it. But um, what about, so like I said, I was comparing it to me being Mr. Kyle, right? And sometimes I honestly felt like I did, uh, and Justin, because I always like even in high school I was like the the, the uh, SGA president. Right. I was my uh, class president, National Honor Society president. When I got to copman, I was I was Mr. Mr. Copman. But honestly, looking back, sometimes I was like, was I really for this position, or was it something that was selfish? Because like if I was really for this position, it's people, and I want to get into the education piece. It's people that that have been studying to be. A ma- the mayor for the city, or just in a um, political position for years. Right. Like, this is what they love to do. This is that passion. Just like your passion is giving back to people, I feel like, or your purpose is giving back to people. And I feel like those people who are passionate about that and feel like that's their purpose, do you feel like you running and being the face of the city? People like, People Like us, everybody knows who Stoke is. You know what I'm saying? Do you not think everybody, but well, not everybody, but right. I was talking to my friend earlier, and I'm saying when I say everybody, I feel like the people that's in the street, that people that's that's in the city, right? Everybody knows who Stoke is right. in that aspect. Do you feel like you're doing them an injustice though? Because it's these guys is giving their life
1: to so. To this so, are you talking about because of a position or serving the people? Because you don't need to be mad to serve the people if these individuals you were talking about, are you talking about people going to school or college, you know, and their personal endeavors was to learn uh, a certain curriculum to be in a position to get a job, or are you talking about somebody that's been fighting tooth and nail for the city their entire life who wants to, who wants to continue doing that? Mm-hmm. I'm asking you okay. So I'm talking about
0: just both. So when I'm saying fighting for the city, because we see you in the streets, right? We see you giving away shoes and clothes and things right. like that, but it's other people that's sitting in these meetings day in and out, right. trying, to, trying to change. The um, le- le- right. Legislations trying to change
1: laws for the city, and because you just so let me ask you a question. This is almost like a contest, right? And it's not about what I think; it's about at the end of the day what the people think. Mm-hmm. I, I we joked last night about being a president. I think if your heart in the right place and you qualify and certified to do a job, you should do it. May the best man win. I don't think me running for mayor to show my love and dedication to my city is a bad thing. No, I don't think it's short. Not. I don't know, but I mean, you said, do I think it's, you know, I guess interfering with someone else's career choice? I mean, you have people who have tried to run for mayor who may have been an uh, excellent mayor if given the opportunity, but the city probably didn't think so. I mean, this is not a popularity contest because people still have to vote. So at the end of the day, I, I think that, and I tell everybody all day long, if it was a candidate that I thought was going to love, protect, and respect Baltimore the way I do, I'm gonna support him or
0: her wherever they are. See, that's what I was trying to get at. Cause I, that's all I was saying. Like in my situation, I felt like it was times where I was better off helping somebody become in that position that I had. But let me st- ask you
1: a question though. Um, it's almost like a substitute teacher, right? Um, you almost have to get the people what they want. The people, if the people choose you to be the class president or Mr. Coppin, why would you do them a disservice by saying, no, you want some do it? Because they could have chose somebody else. If they chose you, that's what they want. Or
0: is it, I uh, that's what I was saying, because I was looking at my son, like, oh, did I do it? Did, did them a disservice by even running from a person because I knew they was going to choose me. When I could have really just been a liaison for somebody else that knows the work, that knows the back end, that knows. So let me ask you a question. Based on that,
1: I mean, I'm, I'm I, 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 2014, we had 210 homicides, Mm -hmm. right? 2015, we had 344. 2016, we had 319. 2017, we had 343. We had 310 last year. We got 220-something now. You tell me who in politics right now who have done a job that you think is superb enough to say, you know what, they changed that narrative and we need to keep going in that that direction. Because what I'm saying is that based on what you're telling me is that there are people that may be more qualified or certified to say they want to be in that position, right? They say that, but actually do that record, reflect that. Because sometimes you might say, and you spoke about the people on the street that know me, and I'm asking you, I mean, because you got to live in this city as well, and you can't worry about what people say, you got to worry about what people have been doing or the capability to do. I'm saying, you know, I'm from a place where, you know, we have been forgotten, you know? So I understand exactly how these people are so desensitized and so hopeless. Everybody don't have that relationship and they don't have that experience to say, you know what, this is what we need to do to fix this. And as I said before, in plenty of meetings, you know, my, my relationship don't go just with the people in the community. Like, I have been invited to the congressional inaugurations by congressmen. I have been invited to the state of the city addressed by mayors. I've been invited to closed quarter meetings by, major, uh, or by most of the majors in the police commission in Baltimore City. They asked me to come there for a reason. So with my experience being on the table and my knowledge of the streets, I don't think that's something that should be a flaw on me. I don't think I should be able to say, you know what, let me sit back and keep watching this thing fall apart. And that's what I've been doing. So it's not that I don't think this person can do a job. I don't think they've done it. And they was going to do it, they'd have done it already. So I don't know how much longer we gotta wait until Baltimore completely crumbles for somebody to step up. Right. Because if you're telling me right now you took the job because you want to be popular, then your your intentions were wrong. Right. So I'm not saying I took the job to be popular. What I'm saying is, but if I really, really serving, yeah, yeah. Like if I really, I was
0: just like I said, I was just thinking it was a thought. Like, why didn't I help the person that was in the seat? Right. do a better job instead of me trying to take over and do that job. You and know what I'm saying? Like, that's... So was you
1: already helping that person and it, and it wasn't helping? I wasn't. Okay, so for me, again, I've been on the ground for the last 10 years helping everybody in every administration. I mean, just up until I decided to run, I was helping Dr. Bundler go around and try to help guys in every community come to these meetings and uh, get these guys' records clean and all that kind of stuff from a community perspective, you know, and never getting a dime for it. I never, nobody never paid me to do none of this stuff, right? I never wanted to get paid, but my my question is that I've been doing the work. So I can't say, oh, I, I just started, I, I woke up one morning and said, yo, I want to be mad. No, I've been doing the work to led up to this decision. And I'm saying if you tell me someone who has been on the ground as an effective leader or community liaison to the people who, that work for the city, I mean, I, I want to meet that person. Because I, I'm still not saying that this, these people, these individuals can't help me or I can't help them do a job because it's for the city of Baltimore. It's not for me. It's not, you know, I'm good. Like, I'm going to be clear. I'm good. I don't want to sound arrogant or like an elitist, but, you know, I'm not doing this for, for myself. If you tell me right now, people that's in these positions, if they relate more to you and you think that they got, quote unquote, the antidote to move the city forward, then let's talk about that. But I'm only blowing on stats. I'm only going by what I see happen over the last five years. If you think Baltimore getting better, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, like, nah, I'm going to flip the mic over and ask you you know what I'm saying nah. <laughs> swear, I'm just here to ask no, no, I don't no, know. but
0: now nah, to keep it 100 nah, it's, it's sad and um, I was really saying that it's starting to look like a genocide honestly like so many people are dying and it's just sad That it's like part of me just being a young guy part of me want to move you see so many people moving but I think I seen a speech a high school student said if everybody move if all the good people move
1: out of Baltimore then how, how is Baltimore going to get good what, what year were you born 91. Okay, two years. You was two years old. We've been here before. In 1993, we had 355 homicides. Whether they want to blame on a crack epidemic or New York boys invading Baltimore, but we've been here before. And you, you can't rush your way out this crisis, because then you're gonna start mass incarceration all over again. I mean, whether people got mental illness, PTSD, whatever's going on, we have to address these problems head on and not run from them. And we also got to support the police, whether they're saying that the. The sent Decree is, a, is not allowing them to do their job fully and completely. We gotta address those concerns, you know, and bring back more police, I mean, more community police and, and bridge that gap because there is uh, a division that happened probably post Freddie Gray that never was put back together again. Mm-hmm. So all those things factor in what you see today. And these kids are getting more courageous and committing crime because they're allowed to do so. And police are afraid to confront them because they think they're gonna lose their job or go to jail. So you can't have a disconnect like that and you by, and say you are my public safety. Because that, if that's what you write about, then you address that way. Is that Un- unfortunately, what you're saying about genocide? It is that way. You know, unfortunately, I don't know if people say, well, it'd be better off if a red person killed a black person. Because if you go in the white community, whites probably gonna kill whites. Indians kill Indians. Cowboys kill cowboys. Right. So I'm thinking that we supposed to come together after what we've been through, as the people you know. Unfortunately, we we haven't got there yet. I think we're we, we beyond what someone else done to us and worry about what we can do for ourselves and not do to ourselves. So sorry. how do we get there, though? How do we... I mean, again, resource, relationship, trust, and respect. You got to understand who you're dealing with, where they are, and what they need. Again, you got people that's really suffering from mental health. That hasn't been addressed in the community. You know, what, what's the model for that? I mean, you got... I can ask questions all day long, but I don't see it. if it exists. I'm, I'm willing to see what it is, so we can maybe amend it or help change it, you know, and move in the right direction. You got a lot of kids that's hopeless, like you say, they grew up without a father, or father was in prison, so they had to raise themselves. They hung they go to school just to eat lunch. And we got the some, our school system. We need better, you know, equipment so they can succeed and compete against the other schools. You know, it's a lot of different problems that we want to address head on, but you can't say. That is being done because as I look at the statistics, we steady failing. I mean, you I might beat you, too, you want to it. You wanna talk about what Trump said, like, yo, did he lie? Or we didn't want to hear from
0: him. No, I, I thought about that too, and I was saying I feel like he didn't lie, but the thing that I didn't like was he he's not helping you know himself. No, he was-
1: no, but some but but you know, I think you're absolutely right. You know, whatever his job description or or whatever it calls for, he probably could do a lot more for Baltimore. I don't know what all that's about in terms of him going after Elijah Cummings because, you know, he's a chairman of the oversight committee. I don't know if that's something that he said, well you talk about me in Russia, I would talk about you in Baltimore. I could go on and on about that. But the main important issue for me is that if there's an issue that needs to be addressed, we shouldn't have to wait for politicians to tell us, you know, we gotta do it ourselves. But they are responsible for more things than they are doing. And I think they should be held accountable no matter who they are. Because we still got vacant houses, we still got rats, and most of us in the inner city have come immune to it. We normalize that, and that shouldn't be the case. Because if you tell me right now down the street there's a guy that has a band, drum set and Mm -hmm. matches on Highway North Avenue, right? I will bet you a million dollars, you'll never see that in Roland Park. You'll never see that down in Federal Hill in front of the Marriott Hotel, you would never see that. It wouldn't be allowed, why not? Why is it allowed here and not allowed there if we won Baltimore? Mm. So that's a disconnect for me, you know, so I think there's a conversation need to be had about why things are happening And why it's being allowed to happen to
0: our people and so we fix that through I'm I'm asking because I don't know We fix that through rules and leg, legislations
1: and well Legislation office? legislation is, is, is a part, but you got to have the right right mandates you know. you got to have people in office that know what they're doing and know how to get things done and hope and people got hope and believe and trust and they will get those things done People change their attitude when they know somebody care about them. you look at when Obama was president. We, we was hopeful we was hopeful that someone knew what we went through was gonna help change some conditions. You know. Although he had to be the president for the United States, not just the black community, but we had hope that someone that come from us know what we need and know what we're going through and can, and can address some of our issues. And Baltimore, which is a smaller city, is built for a million people. We only got 600,000, 7,000, but you'd be blind to tell me that you don't see two different Baltimores. Mm, so when you're in a, in a position uh, as the mayor, you can bring in relationships. You, know, you can bring in resources to help these people that's in need. I mean, they do it everywhere else. I'm not saying that Baltimore is going to be the best city in the world, but it should be one of the best with with the right resources and programs and that we have that we can offer to these kids to give them a better future. And you tell me, you're willing to stop this life that Stokie living living, traveling? I mean, you and know, help I, Baltimore and stay here. You no, know, I always. I mean, I, I tell Andrea, you know, I, I don't want to use the word I'm over it, but I, I don't love it. You know, I don't. I mean. Standing around a bunch of 15, 20-year-old kids in a moss pit, screaming, yelling, I mean, I done that, you know, and I, I conquered that in a way where as though I made a guy, one of the most successful artists, you know, in this this generation, and he's doing very well for himself, I'm super proud of him, and I love him like a son. But I think I'll be doing my city a disservice if I don't bring the proper resources and help we need right now. I can always go back to music. But do I celebrate myself in L.A. or Atlanta, live a, a good life, and watch my city die? and my city gave me everything I had, they supported me at every turn. No, nah, that ain't the right thing to do for me. I can't do it because I wouldn't be happy. So although I could choose to leave Baltimore and relocate and have a decent life, but what about the guys I grew up with? What about the kids that don't have you know, the proper resources or recreational equipment Y'all know I can help get them? You know, To me, that's a coward. I can't cop out on Baltimore and go live a life like, oh, it's about me because Baltimore always supported me whether it be in my individual or my official capacity. Regardless of who I met after I got older, I'm talking about even as a young kid. So everything I know and learned came from Baltimore. I never was a resident of LA to a point where I forgot where I came from. You know, I ain't gonna say I'm manufacturing, somewhere else, no. Baltimore gave me my identity and I want to put myself in a position to reciprocate that same love and dedication they always gave me. I
0: ain't gonna lie, like, I I believe it, like, because I, I've seen it. Like, we see that what you're doing is a kid's dream, a man's dream. Somebody that came from nothing like you. have Been on, on tours, you living a life, and the fact that you're willing to like give that up to really put back into your city, a city where
1: it's really not a lot of hope. I'm just being real. Like, I mean, it everybody of, wanted like right. It kind of answered your question earlier though when you were saying people say he doing this for all those things. It nah, it does. Well, I mean, you you decided like if to walk away from a lifestyle. Where I know that has been able to accommodate me you know, with wealth and success, it wouldn't make sense, right? But at some point, you can't put money before your, your purpose, you know what I'm saying? And my character, again, wouldn't allow me to do that. So I, I'm pleased with the decision I made. I, I think it's a win-win situation to influence, encourage, and motivate guys like you to continue to do good things for the city of Baltimore. Hopefully you don't leave and you perpetuate the same positive notion that, that myself is doing today. And hopefully guys behind you will continue to do it to a point where, it's though so contagious, that we change our thinking. I, I know it can be done. I know for a fact if I can get 10 Jay Hills in the room, and Jay Hill can get 10 more Jay Hills in the room, do we have a movement. You know, it's been done before. We just gotta believe in ourselves and stop being so negative and pessimistic saying what can't happen, and why this and why that, you know what I'm saying? Because if you ask me, you know, we can't get, it can't get any worse, you know, from somebody saying, oh, I'm gonna trust his vision, you know, because it's not a permanent situation, you know, I mean, they had who they wanted in office. They everybody who voted for this particular person for the last twenty thousand years got who they wanted, because it go by who you vote for, not by who you want. You know, and I think a lot of things in Baltimore needs to change. If not myself, somebody that knows the people, that's from the people, or of the people who really gonna have the people's best interests. So if, my question: If you don't win, well, right? Right. Are you willing to stay back and still help that that's person? A, I'm going I'm to stay and support. I, again, that doesn't change. The narrative doesn't change. I'm going to always support my city. I support them now. It's just that some people don't want help. You know, you can't force yourself your on people. Some people feel like, you know, they got to figure it out. You know, I mean, unfortunately, that's how I feel now. But over the last several years, I was able to go to City Hall and talk to Stephanie Wallace Blake about what we think we can do. You know, prior to my, um, Captain Pru resigning, we had meetings about what I can do to help them. So I was always a phone call away. I mean, they would call me personally, so it's not like I'm bragging, but we had a relationship that I thought was genuine and unique in itself for my background to have a mayor call me, ask me for help. I don't think a lot of people know that. I mean, and, you know... But
0: not, that's why I'm glad we got... Because I don't think people know that she was I mean, that hands-on in the mayor's office and things like well, that. Well, again,
1: depends on who you talk... And hopefully your audience can be... in the, We can impress your audience on the things I've done for the last five years. Again, you know, prior to the ride, you know... And on the ground, you know, and to this day, me and Stephanie Ron, and Blake still stay in contact with each other, you know. Um, me and Sheila Dixon are great friends, you know what I'm saying. Um, I can't say one bad word about her, you know. If she decides to run, let the people decide, you know. I think what we need now is somebody who's definitely of the people understand what's going on and can control the narrative, you know. I, th-
0: I definitely think you other people. And being in that, I think it comes, just like the good, it comes with the bad too. I feel like um, somebody was telling me about, I didn't think about it, and we was talking about mental health, and somebody was talking about the uh, the page you do with your pops or your pops page, right? And you on there, and somebody was like, I said, I never even thought about it because That's I'm one. Fire. Oh, I'm one of the <laughs> all right. I'm one of the, I'm one of the people. We say the people, right? And I feel like you are other well, people. But being up other people is a good thing and a bad thing, man. We talk about mental health, and I feel like we're so desensitized to what actually what mental health is. And some somebody would say, if not us, right? Somebody somewhere would say. You being on Instagram antagonizing this man to go through what he went through in the past to relive that is a is a who would like, like, through the past. Y'all talk about a lot of things that that's comedy. So let me ask you a question, or oh, go ahead and let you finish. So so it's just comedy. No no go ahead and let you finish. No I'm just out. saying like if some person somebody somewhere would say that that's a sense of uh having a mental health issue.
1: I, I mean because it's. <laughs> Y'all, y'all joke about a lot of things that go on but like you said if it's not true I'm just I'm just curious how can how can somebody even compare comedy on social network to what I do in real life like that's that's comedy nine if not 10 out of ten things that he say is for laughter it's not to you know demoralize or, or deprive him from having. His medication, that man doesn't have any mental health issues. Mm-hmm. That, that man is a comedian. He has done stand-up comedy shows. we done comedy shows together. That's a comedian. And I say that he's he has and He's a, a comedian, though. This is a comedian. Like, we've done shows together. He's done plays. This is not nobody who... I found in the inner and I'm picking on this man is <laughs> almost sixty years old, a grown man, and right. he's a comedian. He just found his passion later on in life, and with my platform, I try to help him elevate that to a point where so he get more jobs and more opportunities, which he have. He has done comedy shows in certain restaurants and certain bars and things like that. He got t-shirts he sell. So for someone to say that again, you know, we can't keep fumbling worrying about the wrong things. Again, if what if him me laughing on social network is causing somebody some harm. Or the problem is somebody of their liberty, their safety, then point it out. Show me where it's written in that you can't laugh and joke because we need to laugh more. He have helped people get through days where though I couldn't because of a sense of humor. And I don't I, know, how I understand. It's like I said, it's just sometimes like
0: I, I don't mean to keep comparing it to like Mr. Cop. It's just when I was in this position, I remember people saying that I couldn't be who I was because but
1: of my position. Why not? Because
0: the, what happens is. We're not just representing, you're not representing Stokey anymore, like you're representing
1: Baltimore. So you're saying, you, are you asking me would I do that moving forward, or are you saying based Moving, on forward, what, moving I,
0: forward. I haven't done it since. Right, I mean, no, I, like, no, I, I, no, I have to ask that question. No, one, one reason, one,
1: one thing I learned, right, and I, I'm going to tell you this about a job. I, I'm going to respect the office as much as I can, as best as I can, with, with authority that's vested in me. But as a person, if someone wants me to change, they shouldn't vote for me. But I think the reason why they want me to be mad, those are both for me because I'm organic, I'm real, and I'm humble. I can't, I'm a joke. I joke with them all along. You can't expect me to walk in there and be, you know, green-faced, like nothing is, is wrong with everything is politics. That, that's not gonna be me. I'm gonna have an open-door policy. I'm gonna have stakeholders come in and talk about things that's going on that's important to them as well as their community. I'm gonna laugh, I'm a joke. I'm not gonna wait until I go to a comedy show to have fun, but I'm not gonna be disrespectful. What you see on social network, whether it be my individual page or his page, has been laughter at its highest level. We haven't offended no one. We haven't played with nobody, disrespectful. So when you have people having those type of conversations, to me that's like a slap in the face to those parents who lost their sons and their daughters who need to find ways to grieve. Because everybody don't want to grieve with a gun. Some people want to grieve by laughter and having fun. You know, you got people like Cleon, who was one of the best comedians in the Baltimore City, and he probably paid taxes, and he's a good person. That's what they do for a living. They are knocking people down for what they do for a living. I don't think they're knocking them. It's
0: just I think some people look at things like, well, this person isn't trying to be our mayor, so it's okay. Because
1: sometimes like when you get into a position, it magnifies so, everything so you're doing. So question. So when you have professional athletes that run for office, right, and they are – Kevin Johnson is one of the best point guards, you know, probably one of the best point guards they may have had. He was uh, – I think it was, he was – the mayor, I think, even Sacramento, um, one time before. And I don't, don't quote me on that, but I know he was a mayor. Does it say that he's not fit to be a mayor because he played basketball? No, nah, so I don't think it's that. I think
0: as far as... I mean, that's a different, like, life. That's like a different example, life. Like, for example, like Donald Trump, right? And I'm not agreeing with it, but he, I think he got caught having, um, I forgot what they call it, but like homeboy talk. He got caught saying that. And although he
1: before, might... Before he was mayor? Now, yeah, I mean, before he was president? Uh, I don't know if it was before or after, honestly. i about when he was talking about grabbing a woman's coochie. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So it's like, <laughs> now I say that to say
0: because, like, even though that was, like, he might talk about that behind closed doors, but the fact that
1: it, somebody heard it is like, this You see, is... the problem, I think the problem is that what we do uh, as a people, Donald Trump never said he was a politician. And my I'm an open book. You know, you can Google all the things I've been through in my life and all my experiences. You got to worry about these other people who, who haven't been as open as I am. And I'm saying to you is that Donald Trump never said he was a politician. He was a businessman who wanted to change the directive and the narrative of the country in a way he thought would be beneficial to people who voted for him. Everybody didn't vote for Donald Trump. He didn't win by a popular vote. He, vote. he won by Electoral College. However, he is the President of the United States. And he never said that he was going to be a politician. He said he was going to change some things, drain the swamp. And I think although I agree with some of his policies and procedures, people who voted for him. You gotta respect the office even if you don't respect him. But you can't expect people to change who they are. If that's what he was doing when he got there, probably so. But the thing I want to remind you of, when you have conversations with people about, the, let's talk about the good stuff. Like, I want you to have conversations so you can remind oh, trust in. me. I, trust no, me, I'm saying, because I, I don't I, never want nobody to defend I me. I said. It. I don't want nobody to defend but, yo, it's not about defending you. No, know I'm you saying, mean? because if somebody criticizes somebody joking, it's a joke on social network, but they don't want to talk about the funeral what he paid for when they had didn't have nobody come through with the GoFundMe page we paid for kids funerals and stuff like that let's talk about things that's meaningful that's that's going to help move the city forward because if you're telling me that i'm supposed to lose my sense of humor don't be real i didn't hit my wife i didn't uh hit my son or you know steal a car and and was drunk and ran into the state bill. You know, we talk about things that happened over the last 10 years of my life, and not only because of a job that I'm applying for, but I've been doing my best, and I have done my best to be obedient and respectful to the laws of this country so I can be a productive father and, and, and citizen. I have been doing that. And I think, to me, that's all that matters. If they want to critique me for what I do in public, let's find out what some of these people have been doing in private that y'all know nothing about that's a major concern. And I think I think that's one of your
0: advantages before the fact that everything is out there. So like can't nobody say anything that people don't I mean, know they, they they gonna find
1: They're and, gonna, and, <laughs> yeah, they gonna find some things. They're gonna talk about my while it wasn't real. I mean they're gonna they gonna I, I again I just, you know, I'm prepared for whatever comes with me, man. But I, I'm just I'm just humbled to really be in a position to really motivate someone who was hopeless to do something with their life. Listen and, I, again, I feel like, like I said, you giving
0: the city like the guys that's out here, like like I said, the young ones, you're giving us hope. Well, no matter what they say, I'm going to just keep it And you don't got to tell somebody that they don't, they don't have to defend you because people want to tell other people their experiences. And right. a thousand percent, my experience with you has been, like, I've seen you work for the city. Like, I, I've seen you put work, and my only, only thing I could even say is, like,
1: you, I feel like sometimes you overextend yourself, and I feel like that's a good thing. Well, like you know what I'm saying, like not really, because I mean honestly, like, you know, one thing I learned, man, you, you can't you can't get your time back. You know, and I love my family and I want to spend as much time with my sons and my daughters as I can. and my grandkids. So sometimes I do overextend myself and I'm like, damn, you know, I could have stayed home with my son or my daughter, because you know, you can waste money, you get that back. You waste time, it's gone. Um, I, I'm just I'm in a good place in my life, man. I, I'm not here to like be subjective and argue with people who have opinions on what they should Because everybody is entitled to what they want. I mean, they don't, people may not never vote for me. Even if I didn't have a record, if I was light-skinned or wave, they probably still wouldn't vote. Got people just, stuck in, there, more, yeah, stuck no. in their ways. I just feel, I, I mean, what my team and the people who are helping me prepare for a campaign to run in a way we give the people all of our information, the vision to change Baltimore or turn it around and move the right direction, I'm okay with that. Because I know, you know, they didn't like Jesus. So it's going to be people who ain't going to like me, and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm worried about supporting the people that do like me and finding ways to do my best to turn Baltimore around with the people I know. And as an organizer on someone who's been on the ground, I have found ways to do that in my individual capacity. There's no doubt in my mind. With the people in my life, I can't do that in my official capacity. And I think that what I've done thus far on the ground is a hint or what I can do if I got a bigger platform, you know, because I know people that would want to help me help other people who will do it now if I ask them to, but you got to be allowed to do certain things with other people. Um, I appreciate it. Listen, uh, thanks again. I think it was
0: dope. I think uh, a lot of people, like you said, my demographic, they want going to learn a lot of new things about you that they didn't know. Right. And I wish you much success, man. Like I said, and you know you got us here to help. I, I mean, them. you already know. 100%, I, we just, we just you got, already know what's we, up. We,
1: honestly, we just gotta get people out to vote. You know, we gotta, we gotta get people registered and we gotta give them the vote, you know, and I think let them know why they're voting and who they voting for. It can't be a popularity contest. It gotta be somebody that they vote for that they think gonna change their life, you know, and help them move in the right direction. And If I look at the complexion of Baltimore and the crisis that we're in right now, I can honestly tell you that, um, I'm doing it because I love this city and I wanna make a difference. Not because I need money, not because I need a, a blue check on Instagram or you know, uh, I mean, you already got that one. I understand, <laughs> but whatever, you know, I don't need no popularity. I mean, you got I the, mean, the bread, too. I mean, you yeah. probably don't need this. I am <laughs> just I'm just blessed, man, to really be a musician. And my heart in the right place, you know what I'm saying? If my actions have been showed it, hopefully throughout the next several months I will. But I've been doing everything I can to show Baltimore that I put them first and if the people behind me, like I said, in Garcia See it to fruition, and it is what it is. Man, best of luck, Appreciate you, Thank man. You. Appreciate you. you more. i good.
0: And y'all miss something, I could just use the
1: audio. I appreciate it, man. Like, that sure. I think, like, I think. Now, when I was talking about defending me, like, you know, I tell my team the same thing. Like, you know, you're you, you going to find people, man, who have someone in their family who, who wants to have a job or wants, you know, to run for man. And I, I'm not condemning or condoning nobody. I'm just telling you right now, I'm afraid. For what i see people bro
0: honestly you got the younger us no i know that like,
1: but I'm saying, know what i'm saying but but i want you to understand I, I need you to be informed because like right now if y'all walk out this door and you don't know a policy or procedure that i'm going to approach what i'm gonna change what I'm gonna do different you need to know that we talk about bringing better police com- better community police back you know what i'm saying make sure they train make sure they are uh, engaged, giving out job applications you know what i'm saying trying to find a way to either just get the government to revisit the dissent decree to give these police the support they need to protect us. Because right now they don't feel like they got support. B- making sure that our school system has the best technology, you know, all the things that our kids need to grow and learn and educate themselves with. Talking about affordable housing, so people can, so people, so so people can stay here and not move out of Baltimore. You know, everybody wants Baltimore because, I mean, the, the property tax is high. You know what I'm saying? And so we want to find ways to give people, man, a, a, a reason to stay in Baltimore. Like you say, people talking about leaving out of Baltimore, we're going to move, we're going to move. We, we want to do what we can do to keep people from moving out of Baltimore and invest in Baltimore. You know, give guys like you the platform y'all need and support to be bigger and better, you know? Because, it, I mean, it, it's a job. It's not, you know, people overthink what it is, like it's a job. I, right now, man, Stephanie Rollins blake is a, a civilian that's doing consulting work. You know she left at a time where Baltimore probably was doing good but she probably had enough she was fatigued with what was going on I just think we need to change and I don't really see it by way of the recycled politicians that have been in there for the last 10 something years that's adding to the excuses, like I think we gotta change that, hey, you know, no, like, girl, I'm a, right? Hey, I'm a, like yeah. I said,
0: I'm gonna put all that in, like, I want because people need to know all that, you know what i yeah.
1: like, No, I mean, it's good, but like I say, like though, know,
0: picture with the audio, I'm a, like I said, yeah, like, I want people to know everything, you know what I'm saying? Like, I
1: ain't, no, I mean, I you, you know but you gotta understand this too, man. Like, you, you can't you can't water down the process, me. I can't walk around and act like I don't know what people are saying. I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm gonna be humble as I can. People gonna talk about my son. They can talk about my daughter, talk about Erica's son, Erica's uncle, aunt. I- I'm field tested. You know what I'm saying? I'm not boardroom tested, I'm field tested. And I'm saying right now, we need people in the field who can help deal with these atrocities that plague our city every single day. And I'm saying, I'll be 50 years old next year, I ain't no spring chicken. I know for a fact you got people that their philosophies, their ideologies are outdated. Like you talk about bringing resources to people who don't even respect you? They don't even trust you? They gonna ignore you? You know what I'm saying? Remember as a kid, you you gotta know, but you know, no disrespect to my religion, but if a white man came in our neighborhood when he was young, he was three things. You know what the three things is? No, he probably was, no, no, no. a white man. A white man he out your door. Rich. He probably was. I can tell him a white man out your door back in the day. What was he? <laughs> hmm. Uh huh. Right. Right. <laughs> or, or, or Jehovah Witness. Or Jehovah, or Jehovah right, Witness. Right, right, right. So you already look at the people like, nah. I'm good. I'm good, right? But, but I'm saying, so now, when you see somebody coming to your community, you already pretty much know if they coming to bring you help or harm. Right. And I'm saying to you is that some of the people we put in position got us here. Like I didn't do this. You know, I probably affected my community 20-something years ago, but let's talk about what's been going on in the last 10 years, and I think you like you like them, I know. Oh. I get Oh. Oh boy! Oh okay. I oh, got a question for you. Oh alright,
0: oh, alright. Yo, can I can I? am going to keep that if that's cool. What? Everything you said. Of course oh, man. Audio, I'm I don't like, think I don't good. think yeah.
1: nobody recorded that. that
0: you think they we needed to. But am I got the Your audio. Still- Your mic is on. Oh the so, oh. I'ma, if I gotta just put a picture. Up, oh, just, that cool. Keep it.
1: Yo, you got me wired. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the only time you ever. up. <laughs>